104.9 The Horn, Smooth Soul Monday, the last Smooth Soul Monday for Ball Don't Lie. Oh, this is a jam right here. Who actually sings this song? I, I've heard it's some the of the staple singers. Wow. I need to have this actually in my collection. Yeah, so let's do it again by the staple singer. Yeah. Is it she doing what I think they're doing again? I mean, I would assume. <laughs> I don't just ask it. I would assume. I haven't listened to the lyrics of it. Like, let's do it again. I'm like, well, what do you want to do again? I, I don't. I don't think she wanted it like grocery shopping. You go to roller coaster. Or... Yeah. You, you remember you used to go to roller coaster. You run back around and get right back in line. Yeah, as a kid? yeah. Yeah, maybe it was that. I don't yeah. think this is like the Rams. Let's run it back. <laughs> hey, you know, if you want to do it again, it means you had a damn good time. I wish I could do this again. Ball don't lie, cause I had a damn good time. Still having a good time. Thanks, to my man Patrick, the idealionaire on a smooth soul Monday. Five one two three three seven three seven seven six. We had a conversation earlier <laughs> about. Uh, basically words that you would use to describe folks who may be, um, Pat said he you can't call people fat. That's not cool. Um, I think the best way to describe, this only describes women. Cause I don't know, maybe women describe men like this too, who may be overweight, but you still got it going on thick. Yeah. That's the new thing. You describe as thick. Yeah. She's thick with it. She's thick. That's good. Boom. BDW, yeah. big beautiful I, women. But I think I think there is That's the guys stick. have the thing where it's like men. You don't no, have but there's 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 the oh she's thick with it, and then there's no nah, she's thick. <laughs> Either way is better than yeah, saying no, something better. ugly. Yeah, like she's thick. Thick I think is the way to go. So you want to describe a woman a little hefty, still got it going on. She's thick. She's not overweight. She ain't fat. She's thick. Can they? Could we go thick with the uh, BBW? BBW works too. That's the like the adult entertainment. It is, but I, I mean, believe, I think you can. Designation. She's a big, beautiful woman. Yes, that's what it stands for. Yeah. So let's pump that up. Let's be nice. BBWs and these thick ladies. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what we want to throw out there. Positive body image for every damn body. Positivity. I don't even know how we got into this, but I wanted to <laughs> specify. We want to specify. <laughs> oh, we're not hating. Text says she's a sturdy girl. Yes. <laughs> she's sturdy. Yes. Oh, that's what, that's farm animals. No, no. Sturdy works. Sturdy, she's swole. Okay, no. You can't call her swole. So we call her dude to her lifted weight. No, she ain't swole. No, thick. <laughs> sturdy works a little bit, too. Because sturdy, sturdy implies that, hey, if... But there's some activity. Hey, you sturdy girl. I can, you know what I mean? We can yeah. still get things going. You ain't, you're not easily moved and thrown about. Sturdy. Yeah. Sturdy. Can. Like when I sit in a chair and I ask, is this chair sturdy? <laughs> <laughs> or, or am I going to be buying you a new chair? Hey, listen, I, uh, I, I had nothing. It's, I, I have dated and, you know, gotten it on with some lady, ladies who would be considered sturdy or skinny thick is a good one. That's, that's actually, that's good. Skinny thick. That's good. Yeah. Thick with it, sturdy. What that big bone? The big bone still work as a compliment? No. For big, a bone, woman? big bone. No, because big bone was what you, your parents told you. <laughs> Don't worry, you did big bone. <laughs> but we talk about but yeah, you're right. Cause I would was like, that's why skinny thick works. Uh thick with it, thick works, sturdy kind of works. Because I'm still BBW is probably the best one. She's BBW. Yeah. Big beautiful woman. More cush. Okay. <laughs> Text her. <laughs> All right. Thank you, listeners, since 2000. But my point is, hey, 
There's some lot of big, beautiful women out there, and we just want y'all to feel love, too. All right. I didn't mean to dive deep into that subject, but I want to clarify. Specs X line, which is already out of control, pleasantly plump. I like that one. That's not bad. That's <laughs> Oh, no, I did. I heard Bucky say this, too. Bucky called his wife a pack mule once. He did. He did call her a pack mule. That sounds like a Bucky thing. Yeah, I don't know why he called her a pack mule, but I agree. I was thinking to myself, why does he think? Because I guess she's. I don't know. I'm not. No, his, that's his wife. I'm not going there. I don't know why he called it about his wife because I've seen her. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. Like he's way out kicking his coverage. Like he's like freaking Longball Dixon or Erkschleben because she is gorgeous for real. So I don't know if I'd call her a pack mule, but Bucky did. You can call your <laughs> wife whatever you want to. I'm not calling his wife that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I used to call. I, listen, I used to call myself when I was in that zone when I'm hanging out with one of these BBWs. You know. Uh, I was a plus-size pleaser, a weight watcher, a Lane Bryant lover. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Shout out to the – oh, Voluptuous is good, too. That's that's Craig. Chris, I, Craig Way would have addressed the, yes. the, large, the bigger ladies. I like, like that. You're voluptuous. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, Ronald Jones real quickly because this news just broke. So we don't have a lot of detail on this story. But uh, the Cowboys do have an issue at the running back position because Ronald Jones, who a lot of people thought would end up being second, third string in that running back room by the Cowboys, a lot of th- I-, I believe he was going to make the team. He has been suspended for the first two games of the season for violating the NFL's PED policy. We just saw the story, Patrick. I don't know if you saw it this weekend. I don't even know if we sent it on our text chain because I didn't think it was going to be a big story. Apparently now it is that Zeke was hanging out with Mac Jones at dinner. Yes. And yeah, that yeah. Belichick was asked about Zeke and all this stuff. So Zeke to the Patriots is now a thing. Yes, potentially. We've, we've heard that. I mean, mm. I, w- I would say we, we also saw the news that Sonny Michelle retired this weekend from the Rams. Mm-hmm. So that opens up another running back spot for somebody. Yes. I'm with you on that. Um I was concerned about the running acquisition for the Cowboys anyway. I was. Yeah. I did not like they had Tony Pollard coming off an injury. And now you got Ronald Jones missing the first two games of the season. They got Deuce Vaughn. They have, there's one more, uh, a couple of more running backs, actually, but one more that's been with the organization Are for you a while. Malik Davis? Yes, yes, I believe you're correct. Yeah. He was on the team last year. Yes, that's, they have another one that's been there. I don't, I don't love any of them, except for Tony Pollard. Yeah. But I don't love him coming off a significant injury. Yeah, and, and I think Deuce Vaughn can offer a lot. Oh, but, I totally agree. But I think for his rookie season, it needs to be in bits and pieces. I know. I just don't think they have. Even, even with Tony Tony Pollard, and I love me some Tony Pollard. I think Tony Pollard's a damn good back. There's been talk that, you know, he can be their every down back. He's never had to be an every down back to this extent because essentially, you know, to this extent, meaning there's no Zeke there to help shoulder that load. I mean, Zeke, say what you want about Zeke, but you were giving him – 15 to 20 percent of your touches offensively something like that yeah it's a lot of touches and we said that mike mccarthy says he's gonna run the the ball ball more exactly so i'm I'm not gonna lie listen the cowboys i i love what they've done the offseason i do not like the situation they're in right now at running back and i and i said that before the ronald jones injury so i'll reiterate not injury i'm sorry suspension sorry apologize suspension uh before the ronald jones suspension and i don't now i'm even more anxious about it as a quasi cowboys fan for a team that wants to run the ball more, they don't have a lot of depth. They don't have a main course running back that can handle that kind of load. And even if they are thinking about running back by committee, 
I don't like the committee members. No, and, and again, I'll throw in, I none of these guys <laughs> that they have on this roster, Ronald Jones included, are pass protectors. Oh, that's a good one, too. And, and that's another thing that Zeke did better than a lot of running backs in the NFL. He's a really good pass protector, minus that last play of his NFL career. Other than that, the one they made him a center. Yes. Okay, that's not his. Role. That was Why that was cast there. <laughs> in that role. But other than that, he's been a really good pass protector. So no, that's right. something else you worry about. That you say, okay, well, maybe we can put another tight end in the lineup, and you know, Tony Pollard, you think can go out and play more as a receiver on a lot of these routes. So you may not put him in pass protection anyway, because you're going to try and use him. Maybe it's more of a utility back. And Deuce Vaughn as well. Both mm-hmm. those guys can get out there. I don't know about Ronald Jones as much. Uh, as a receiving back? Yeah, I'm not sure about that, too. i got to go do some research on him as a receiver. But yeah. if you figure those two guys, and maybe you put on two tight ends and try and help out with one of the tight ends kind of playing that position. And now one, one you just drafted has not been available. Yes. Schoonmaker. Uh, and then, you know, I know we've there, there's rumors about fullback. You know, Hunter Lou Webkey, I believe they like from yes. North Dakota State, but he's still But I don't see him having two running backs a lot just to have a fullback there for pass protection. No. Seems, seems silly. Yes, it does. It seems like, man, you, you're – Taking away a, an offensive threat and taking something out. That seems where I'd be a lot more worried about Mike McCarthy's offense because that would tell me that he is going back way back and he has not evolved with the, uh, mm. the play calling of mm. the 21st century. Uh, so that would worry me if they, if they start playing a fullback a toll lot just because they need pass protection. So that's where when you say we need a guy and you need that every down guy, you, know, you need somebody that you can stick in there on third and longs where you're going to need a little bit more protection for your quarterback. You need somebody that can you know, have different threats, and you need somebody on third and shorts that yeah. you feel can get you that one yard. And I don't know mm. if they have that guy in either way right now. Uh, I'm with you. I don't think they have the short yardage guy. That They don't have that. And I love what you brought up about pass protection. They don't have that. That's why I don't like the room. I don't, yeah. I don't think they have enough answers in that room. I think there are way too many question marks in that running back room. And I remember when Skip Pete, the old running back coach, said about Tony Pollard um, when they were asked about being every down running back. And he was like, the juice isn't the same, and he's not as quick, not as fast. He said when he had that long run on third and one, he was talking about a 54-yard run versus like the Bears, I believe. As soon as he got to the sideline, he said, Coach, I'm done. I'm done for the game. Done. I got no more. Some guys are – this is Skip Pete continuing. Some guys are race cars. Some guys are high-quality, expensive sedans. Those sedans can go forever and for a long distance at a very high rate where race cars go for very fast and very quick and then they run out of gas. As I've always said, I just felt at that position, you got to have two guys that are quality backs that can help each other, bounce off each other, and it helps if their running styles are a little bit different. So, yeah, if you're, I mean, the Cowboys need another guy. Maybe that guy could be, you know, there are guys on the free agent market right now. You got Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook's still out there. He's still out there. Now, there's a belief that the AFC East is going to end up being the landing spot for Dalvin Cook because the Jets have made a significant offer, and the Dolphins, I believe he is a Florida guy, and also made a significant offer. And I want to say the Patriots were interested. I'm not sure if he visited there or not. Uh, But Dalvin Cook is taking his time. And you know what? I think he also is trying to miss training camp. I think he's like, you know what? I'll sign. I ain't trying to go to training camp. So he missed most of his training camp. They'll bring me in slow. I'll be ready for the season, especially as a running back. I can't get mad at him for that. Um, but Dalvin Cook was on NFL. Especially when they don't want to pay you. 
Especially when I want to pay you for you your time. Pay me. You gonna pay me two million dollars? <laughs> Why ain't you showing up at training camp? <laughs> exactly. Out of your mind. I got to get some perks out of this deal. <laughs> uh, Texter as well is good point. T- uh, Kareem Hunt is still available. Um, here is Dalvin Cook. He was on with I believe it was a Lewis Riddick on the NFL Network, and they were asked about the Cowboys. Here's it. One team that I've identified as you being a missing piece for is the Dallas Cowboys. What do you think about that? What do you think about going down there and running with Tony Pollard and playing for that team in that division and going ahead and see if you can get Dallas back to a Super Bowl? Because I think, I think right there, for me, I'm going, he's got to be considering the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, Dallas has been, you know, they've been right there. You know, just, just need to turn that page the last few years. And like you said, TP is a great running back. You know, just partnering up with a great running back, with a great running mate, it'll be good, man. So, hey, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so not much there on that bone, but I don't think the Cowboys are going to go after Dalvin Cook. I just told you, they don't pick up big-time free agents on the free agent market. That's not their M.O. They did acquire Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks, but that's via trade. Still cost effective, cost efficient. They don't like. They hate the free agent market. Jo- Stephen Jones has said it multiple times. Like he hates it. Yeah, he thinks you get hustled on the free agent market. But, but again, for the running backs right now, and I'm guessing, I think Cream Hunt could be the same as Dalvin Cook that he doesn't want to go to training camp. I like that. Yeah, but but also both of those guys, Dalvin Cook less so than Cream Hunt. They're also not really fully the change of pace back that you want with Tony Pollard. Kind of the same guy. They're they're similar guys. Mm-hmm. So you run into that same problem of like, well, now we got them and we're keeping Deuce Vaughn as our three running backs. It's three kind of similar running backs. We still don't really have that bruiser. So, I, I mean, I like it. I, I think also once we've heard that Zach Martin always that he's not going to pay, that he's worried about Micah Parsons, he's worried mm-hmm. about other stuff. I don't think there's any budget for Dalvin Cook in there. I think he would if if Dalvin Cook agrees to take a very small contract, he may end up a Cowboy. But I would not bet on him making any money as a Dallas Cowboy. Yeah, I think he's going to end up a Jet because I see that pay cut yeah. that Aaron Rodgers took. I mean, it's arguably the biggest pay cut in NFL history. Yeah. You look at quarterbacks and what he's worth and that kind of thing. I just think ultimately he's going to end up there. I think they may be able to offer him the most, and if he does care about winning. I guess Miami's also in that conversation too, and he's home. So I think between Miami and Jets, the well, and Miami and Dolphins. And the Jets. What have we talked about for the past week, two weeks <laughs> about running backs that quarterbacks don't fight for him? If Aaron Rodgers took a pay cut, and one of the things he asked for was Dalvin Cook. If your quarterback wants it, yep. And so, Dak Prescott's going to say, "I like Tony Pollard, man. I, Deuce Vaughn. I know him <laughs> because his dad works here. I've known Deuce. I know these guys. I'm I'm good with my running backs. I think. And, and if point. Aaron Rodgers goes, yeah, I like Brace Hall. I need another running back. I want another guy. Dalvin Cook's the guy. I'll, I took a t- I mean, pay cut. Go get that guy. He was in. He was in Green Bay where they had two of the best running backs in the league. They with, did with, with uh, uh, Aaron yeah. Jones and AJ, AJ and J- Yeah, yep. And Matt Lafleur wanted to run the ball, and that's actually that led to his MVP season because they essentially exposed him less. They went with a running game, so he yeah. had a lot of high percentage throws for Aaron Rodgers. Teams loading the box, abandoned man coverage on the outside with Devontae Adams. It's a good with point. Nathaniel though. Hackett. Yeah, and Nathaniel Hackett, he was there for it. So that it makes more sense there to me, mm-hmm. and that that if your quarterback's fighting for it, I think that is the best way for Dalvin Cook to get paid. Someone said, "Do they need to go after Jonathan Taylor?" No, no, they don't. <laughs> no. They don't need to go after Jonathan Taylor. That's a that, that's an interesting conversation too. We'll get into that coming up at yeah, five. O'clock. I'll give you a seventh round pick and no guaranteed money. Ooh. I don't think he's coming. He's in such a bad position. Yeah. He's in a terrible spot. He's just in a terrible spot. Like, I don't know how he's going to get his uh, market value. We'll discuss that Jonathan Taylor thing. But getting back to the Cowboys, yeah, they need to make a move at running back. 
Now, they could wait till training camp start to cut to, you know, cut running backs and they'll maybe there'll be better options out there. I think they need to make a move at running back and I don't know if it's Kareem Hunt. Texture brought up Kareem Hunt. That could be a possibility. Uh, this makes it even more imperative, especially since you got Tony Pollard coming off the injury. You don't want to overburden him. You don't want to put too much on his plate. You don't want to use him too much in training camp anyway. He's yeah. a proven commodity. You're good on that. You need him for the season. So who's going to be your training camp bodies? You need bodies now. Yeah, and I, I think that's too. Is you can find Malik Davis is going to be your training camp body probably. <laughs> uh, but, I, yeah, I, I mean, I think you're going to have to look for a team that is over full at running back. <laughs> And that may go, okay, well, we've got too many right now. Can, can we get one off of them? The problem is going to be nobody ever wants to trade away a rookie contract really anymore because if you have a rookie contract, uh, like so, like a perfect example would be Algiers in, in Atlanta where you go, well, they have Cordell Patterson, they have Bijan Robinson. He's probably not going to get the ball as much, but he'd be a mm. perfect fit for what the Cowboys need is the sledgehammer of that thing. But he's also got a rookie contract. Yep, He's got a favorable deal. And if the Falcons want to trade somebody, they go, well, here's Cordell Patterson that we're paying wide receiver money to be a running back. Why don't you take him and we'll stick with Bijan and, and Algiers? I think that's where the problem lies is that the people who want to, if they want to get rid of a running back, it's not, they're not getting rid of somebody on a good contract. Yeah, this is the, this is the Cowboys' fault, though. The Cowboys yeah. are here because of their own disregard and, and you know, I'm call it ineptitude, but it, their disregard of the running back position is offseason. They just didn't address it really, and they assumed it would take care of itself. It has not. And no, I think and I, it's going to get worse potentially because if they have any injury at running back, then they got no options. They're yeah. going to be out of options. No, and I mean, we saw what happened <laughs> in in the playoffs when, when Tony Pollard went down. Exactly. We saw that it went down, and even with Zeke still there, you couldn't do anything. And still, they did learn that lesson, apparently. No, and then they're like, well, we have Deuce Vaughn now. And you're like, cool, <laughs> is Deuce Vaughn going to get 35 carries a game if Tony Pollard gets out? Just if he just is out for a game, he rolls his ankle in I a know. game. I remember in the offseason, I kept saying, I did like three segments on it. Go after Deontay Foreman. Yes. He was $2 million. He was so cheap. And I would take really I would well. take all three of Chicago's running backs right now. <laughs> yeah, remember I think we always said I said the draft I said go after Deontay Foreman in free agency and draft Rojo and then you'd have been okay. Yeah, nothing to worry about. Herbert's a great player too. Yeah, but I, I like and that's they just didn't they didn't really prioritize it and usually that comes back to bite you. It's okay. I mean, they, like I said, there will be options and the Cowboys offense they do have weapons. But man, at running back, they no, are. No, and, and I mean, we saw even there's guys out there we're not thinking of, like the Giants went and signed James Robinson <laughs> uh, a couple weeks ago. James Robinson could have been a guy that you go, okay, he's not who you want, but also does fit a bit more of another f- need that he's a change of pace. That's so what you he's mean. he's five to ten carries. I'd rather have him than Ronald Jones. Uh, and, and Ronald Jones, by the way, not a scrub or anything either. So I'm he's not, not trying to say he's that. Just, and, and maybe it's the teams and he, he's been. And on. he is a better. He's a change of pace from Tony Pollard because he's not. So like an explosive yes. perimeter oriented player like Tony Pollard, but I'm not necessarily a fan. I don't think he can shoulder the load. No, and I mean, and the <laughs> the thing was with Ronald Jones is that he couldn't find the field in Tampa Bay. He goes to Kansas City, cannot find the field in Kansas City, and so if you say, do you really want to be the third team that he's trying to find the field on? That's fair. It's kind of like where Zeke is right now, where you go. Yeah, I know you're <laughs> paying him all this money, and you were wondering if you should cut him or not. He's still not on a team. It wasn't like there's this overwhelming <laughs> desire to have him on the team. 
And so that's where Ronald Jones went, why? I don't get why you got him. I don't know what the bidding was for him. I agree. I don't know why they prioritized him. Like I, I, I want to say. I know he's a Dallas guy, I believe. Maybe that's it. <laughs> I remember guys being out on the free agent market and the Cowboys just did not go after him. And I'm thinking to myself, why aren't you going after these running backs? Yeah. But your running back got hurt at the end of the season. You can get these guys on the cheap because they were all really cheap. Good running backs on the cheap. Like, really. Like Deontay Foreman is a quality back. Cheap. Pennies. Yeah. And, and they just didn't go after him. And I get Deuce Vaughn. I mm. get that he is a at that pick in the draft. It could be a real big steal for you. I get that. But it doesn't address the need you have at running back, which was we need a guy to run between the guards. Yep. We need a guy who can just kind of shoulder load. Mm. So you didn't you still didn't take what you wanted. You took the better story. You took the guy that could be mm. a steal in the draft, but it doesn't address the hole in the running back room. I uh, know. Rashad Penny was another guy. Thought they should have yeah. signed that was cheap. Uh, they, what was the trade? The Eagles got a uh, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift from the Lions. They get him as well in the trade. Like that. <laughs> I know. Like I, said, I, I think the Cowboys had a good offseason. One of the things I was concerned about is now rearing its ugly head. And it's like the, they didn't address the running back room. They had way too much confidence that their running back room was going to be was going to work itself out. It, it felt it feels like the fact that Tony Pollard is making $10 million made them feel that he's a $10 million player. And they're still paying Zeke a little bit, too. They got some yeah. dead money in Zeke still. But, so they pay a lot that, of money in running It's back. valuing a guy based on his salary, not his work. And... You go, look, I get it. We're all hoping Tony Pollard takes a huge step this season. But basing your entire season on faith, on hoping he takes <laughs> yeah. that step hoping and can faith. carry a ball yeah. and hoping he doesn't gas out in the third yeah. quarter of an important game, yeah. which we've seen him gas out in games. Yeah, hoping. We saw the one where he went over to the coach and told him, I'm done. I'm done. Like That's what I'm worried. I go, <laughs> oh, that can never happen again. Because who's going to carry the ball in the fourth quarter? He needs to be the guy. So those are the concerns. Of in a franchise with a coach who says I'm going to run the ball more. Yeah, although uh, hope and faith are central uh, to our religious <laughs> faith, it should not really play a role in um, building a football team. I, I thought, thought you were going to say hope and faith were central in the Dallas Cowboys last 20 years. Uh, well, it is if you're a fan. Yeah, you got to have both of those. Arm yourself with them. Sharpen those tools. You're going to need them. Uh, but no, I want to get getting back because I know we're talking a lot about the Cowboys. I just want to hit that because that was a breaking story. A couple of Longhorn football topics, and we'll talk some uh, Texas football, obviously a lot more of it, because tomorrow Sark has his uh, opening training camp press conference. So that's going to be fun. We won't carry that, of course. But we'll have some sound from it, and then we'll discuss it and talk a ton of Texas football. So no need if we're not talking enough Texas football here for you. We'll table that discussion and get to it tomorrow. Uh, but Arch Manning, remember he had the one-of-one one autographed trading card yes. from Panini, signed the NIO deal with them. All the proceeds go to uh, Central Texas nonprofit uh, St. David's Healthcare and the St. David's Foundation. The final bid, or at least the winning bid, I should say, for the one-of-one autographed throwback black prism card um, for Arch Manning, $102,500. Do we know who won it? Uh, It does not say on the story that I have. Come on, Peyton. You could have gotten that, Peyton. You got an yeah. extra hundred grand, Peyton Manning. Someone tells me it was, a, it was one of those BMDs from the yes. Texas, uh, from the Texas fandom. One of those big money boosters and donors. Could have been some. Could have been anybody though. It's a Manning family, so it's. It is, it's, it's it could have been a card of, trader. That yeah, it's is the taking, first family of football, so it could have been anybody. Again, we honestly. say if he turns out to be, if he wins a Heisman Trophy, let's just say that if he were to win a Heisman Trophy in college, that card is automatically ten times in value. 
Yeah, if he comes because this is before he's ever played it down. It's a one on one. He's signed. He's autographed already. So there's things where if they there's certain things that could happen. And again, I'm not saying he's going to win Heisman. We don't know if he'll ever start for the University of Texas. That's not a given until he does it. But I will say that there is a reason why if you spend that money, odds would say it's a good chance he'll be a starter. It's a good chance he has a good chance to get to the NFL, and all those things raise the price of that one of one card. Oh, he's going to get a chance to start. Oh, I'm aware. Or will he keep it? I don't know. <laughs> He'll definitely get a chance to start here in Texas um, at one point. And uh, Malik Murphy will have a little something, something to say about when he gets a chance to yes. start, what that timetable is, no doubt about it. But, uh, no, you're right about that. It, it definitely, if he, if he even gets close to reaching what the expectation level is for his ceiling, yes. this is this is going to be pennies on the day. I mean, it's that penny stock for you that's yes. going to hit. Exactly. I mean, it's going to be worth – I don't know, half a million dollars to something higher than that, easily. Yeah. So that's a good investment for him. Uh, so and shout out to uh, Arch Manning there with uh, uh, with the the um, the collaboration with Central Texas nonprofit and St. Davis Healthcare. That's pretty cool too. Also, since we're talking about NIL stuff at Texas, did you see this story, Patrick, about the latest Longhorn to sign an NIL deal with Lamborghini? Get the Lambo. I don't even know how this, this doesn't even, I thought it was a fake story. I thought it was like a story some Longhorn fan had concocted and put out there. I was like, oh, that's funny. That's funny. This guy signing an NIL deal with a Lambo, with Lamborghini. No, Jake Majors. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is crazy. I cannot believe on Friday it was revealed that Texas offensive lineman Jake Majors has secured an NIL deal with Lamborghini, an offensive lineman. I didn't know. I didn't know those big humans could fit into Lamborghinis. <laughs> I think got like SUVs now stuff too. Oh yeah, because you ain't fitting in <laughs> one of those. Yeah, what a race car. He's sitting in one on the bench, and it's like, bro, you got a tough time getting this. Is really low to the ground. Have you I seen mean, that commercial is. with Boban Marjanovic in a in a race car? That's what I figured. <laughs> Seriously, like his knees all up, his shoulders trying to get it done. Just thing. trying to pick up girls and be like, hey, wow. hey, get out of that Lambo. He's like, I can't. I can't. Need some help. <laughs> Literally, I can't. He's jaws of life to get me out of this thing. <laughs> so that I mean, I'm sure that there are some linemen around the country with great NIL deals. I'm sure of it because yeah. you got USC and uh, hell, Miami's got some great. Oh my! Did you hear about this? Did you hear about John Ruiz? Ooh, that's a good. That's the story. It's crazy. We might have to get to that. Yeah, that I think might, I think that we have to get to in a little bit. Maybe next segment we'll get into that. Actually, the John Ruiz, the sugar daddy. <sighs> From Miami, knocked us out NIL. of the NCAA tournament. I'm very angry about getting knocked out of the NCAA tournament. Now. Turns out he was up to some uh, some very shady out. dealings. Shady nonsense. Shady nonsense. <laughs> a great way to describe it. Uh, okay, so I, but even all those great NIL uh, collectives and directives institutions, man, I don't think there's I don't I don't think I've seen a flashier deal for an offensive lineman than signing a deal with Lamborghini. That is wild. So if you're an, an old lineman anywhere in the country, says all this is is helping you recruit, because you cannot use NIL as an inducement. No, to recruit a player. But this being a headline, hey, I, I can hell, I probably can pull that up for you. Like, now, listen, I cannot use inducement to bring you to Texas. All I can do is show you the examples of what players in a similar position as yours might or could make. At Texas. Oh, you're an offensive lineman? You didn't know we have an offensive lineman that's trying to deal with Lamborghini. Yeah, we got one of those. Oh, you do know Horns with Heart in the Pancake Factory. They uh, allow an NIL a collective deal with charitable links, of course, uh, to make $50,000 a year in cash per year for every scholarship offensive lineman. You can say that because that's happened. You cannot use it, though, to induce the recruitment. 
But that's yeah. out there already. Like, no, no, these guys are already making it. That's out there. Boom. So the beauty of NIL is it's perception is reality. You need exactly. to get the news out there. The guys, your guys are making these deals. It has to be out there. Now, the crazy thing is the new NIL law has a lot of uh, privacy like uh, like initiatives in it. So you can't necessarily uh, get the, I don't know, like the Public Information Act to reveal some of these NIL deals. They're trying to limit that information from getting out because they say it's bad for the culture of these programs, right? for all the different players and athletes to know how much each other's making. Yeah. They said that. And I agree, that is, that, that's, that's hard for a coach to navigate. They're like, hey, man, this guy's making this much, and everybody's like, hey, man, why is this guy making more than me? Yeah, I'm better it, than I mean, it's, I'm sure it's also not great on a college campus. <laughs> When you got friends and stuff, and they can go, oh, you can't, you can't pay for dinner. <laughs> you can't pay you for. I, I got it. Look, I got your, I got the paper right here that says you made a hundred grand, and you can't. Yeah. I'm, I'm college. I'm paying for school. <laughs> no, that's a great point. It just, it just, I, I agree that it could be troublesome. Yes. So I understand why. Uh, so I was told by a booster that they're trying to put the kibosh on those deals getting out, but some of them strategically. John Bianco and the media relations department over there and the rest of the folks doing a good job over there, they want this out because it helps them, helps the, the, the folks in recruiting. Because, like I said, they can't say what a player is going to make or not he's going to make as to induce them with NIL opportunities in recruiting. But they can say, oh, yeah, uh, our offensive linemen do make $50,000 a year as part of their NIL deal. Uh, with horns, with heart. Oh yes, Jake. Uh, one of Jake Majors, one of our offensive linemen, has signed a deal with Lamborghini. Yes, if if you reach that level of play, I mean, it's possible you also could have a Lamborghini deal. Yeah, yes. I, I think they. I think they also <laughs> really, really shifted the narrative on that Casey Thompson parking lot quote from several oh, years ago. Wow. Yeah. Have you seen that parking lot? The I Texas, the Texas football parking we, lot. We know there's not because we just see we we've seen it on the side of the road. The parking enforcement at UT seen it. Yes, they have. They know. Oh, they know they got money now. I wonder. I wonder if the revenue from ticketing and like ticket and parking enforcement has gone up. It's definitely it has to have gone up. Has to. Has to have because these guys got money now. Back when they were ticketing us, we didn't have money. Yeah. So Rob B was like, I can't pay it. I ain't got it. So they have to like they basically like shut you down from a lot of different ways. They would like cancel your permit and they, like they contact uh, University of Texas football department all that kind of stuff. And then they would force you to kind of pay it, or they would limit your books or your degree until you came to the tower to pay it. That kind of stuff. Now these guys have cash, tons of it. There's no reason for them not to pay. Like I mean, they got it. They got lots of it. So I think maybe they're like it has to have gone up now. It has to. Have. And I was told at one time by an insider. The money that the revenue that Texas makes off of parking permits and enforcement of parking and transportation on there, it, it would blow your mind. It would I not t- they told me the number. I won't say the number. It it would b- blow your mind. It would not surprise me. You'd be Just, like, "What the?" Yeah, knowing knowing <laughs> knowing how much money I have paid personally to be down there for forty five minute press conferences and stuff. Yes, and for things that I was barely down there for. Yeah. And to know how much money I've spent on that, <laughs> exactly. To then expand that to irresponsible teenagers, yes, and, and hours and lazy teenagers, yes, yes exactly. and all that, yeah. No, I, I, I understand that 
Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see that. Sometimes number being Robbie, pretty high. Was, I was running, not running late for a meeting, but I was cutting it close or something, driving yeah. from Riverside. So I'm like, man, I got to park where I got to park. I'm not gonna miss the me. I'm not gonna be late for the meeting. So if I get a ticket, I get a ticket. But I'm not gonna be late for the meeting, and stuff like that would go down too. So I guarantee they're making a lot of cash. All right, now someone says Jake is now the recruiter for alignment as he drives up in his lap. It's all right. All the linemen just line him up at the curb, and you just have, have Jake, Jake Majors drive up in his Lambo. What's up, guys? Hey, how you doing? You guys want me to drive y'all to the next spot in my Lambo? It's pretty good. (laughs) Keep doing your thing. All right, we come back. We'll talk about um, some other... Discuss some other topics of discussion in the college sports world. This John Ruiz story we got to get to. Uh, that's kind of going under the radar, so we'll talk about it. Also, we'll get back to NFL news, notes, and nuggets. Uh, Aaron Rodgers with the NBA effication and the WWE effication of the NFL. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful night, Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Um, So I want to talk a little bit. We're just talking about the NIL deal with Arch Manning that he uh, signed with Panini. Um, and he had a one-of-one one NIL trading card that was auctioned off for charity, by the way, um, which <clears throat> which was pretty cool. And it went for 102500 bucks. One of one. Um, that's th- actually, I got this little nugget from Darren Ravel. Shout out to him. The record price paid for a Peyton Manning card $71,000. Almost $72,000. Um, So, yeah, he's already <laughs> fetched a higher price than the record price for a Peyton Manning card. I don't think this should be more. Peyton Manning's card should be going for a higher price than that. That's crazy. But he got to get the rare one. Yeah, this is one of one. This is one of one. That was probably one of you know, yeah. 300 or something. You're right. Yeah, so, yeah that's a good point. I, I'm surprised that he didn't have one, but I guess maybe at that time they were mass producing or I don't know. No, nah, you're Could right have been a that. lull in cards. I, I mean, Jeff Howe would know better. Jeff Howe would know because Jeff Howe is in on the uh, big on the card stuff. Uh, but speaking of NIL, we said, you know, remember I told you there are basically two types of NIL entities out there. There are collectives, which is a group of people donating money. Um... And they're directives, just one person, straight up sugar daddy. Boom, I'm spending the money. And the most notorious sugar daddy in the NIL world in all of college sports uh, was actually John Ruiz. He was the famed Miami NIL booster. Was extremely braggadocious, arrogant, throwing it in the face of the NCAA, telling them, you know, he told them to come investigate me. I'm not doing anything wrong. Remember, he did. He invited them over to yes. like investigate him, look at the operation. And this is how you know the NCAA, they're so bad at their jobs. They went and looked and investigated and inquired about everything and found nothing wrong. Nothing's wrong. They they really did. He invited (laughs) the NCAA. They basically thought, John Ruiz, your operation sounds shady. That's basically what they said. They sent him a letter of inquiry. 
He said, man, what you're doing over there sounds shady because he was essentially the number one directive in, in all of college sports. Like no one booster was doing more in, in, in our world than John Ruiz, at least openly. Letting it be known openly what he was doing. And essentially saying, you know, I mean, like basically we're going to offer the best NIL deals for players. He awarded a total of $5 million in NIL deals, including four players who up the Hurricanes to a Final Four appearance. Yes. Um, and also the twin influencers, remember Haley and Hannah Cavender? Um, and remember one of the basketball players, Nigel Pack, transferred to Miami. Uh, remember, that was very controversial because it was all about he was basically a, it's a bidding war, essentially, that kind of stuff. At its height, Ruiz's company, which was basically kind of a, some people were say, some people were claiming it was a shell company just for NIL. Like it, it ain't a real company. Just yeah. Set it up just so we can funnel money through NIL, almost launder money, if you will. At its height, Ruiz's company was worth thirty three billion dollars on paper. Like Sark's team is good on paper, <laughs> paper. All right, it was the second largest uh, SPAC of all time while trading at roughly $10 per share. Now it's uh, at 22 cents per share, down 98%, and on the verge of being kicked out of the NASDAQ. And along the way, the company has faced litigation from a former business partner that accused it of fraud, and its financials from 2022 were completely unreliable. Uh, they missed several earnings deadlines and has a line of creditors that are essentially at this point protesting and they are obviously also seeking litigation. Uh, Life Wallet uh, basically was the name of the company and much of the company's initial sky high valuation was based on Rudd Ruiz and the company told investors was quote property proprietary algorithms that allowed them to find the right healthcare cases, litigate them and make money. Ruiz claimed the company could recover up to $89 billion by doing this. Uh, LifeWallet brought in $23 million in revenue in 2022. <laughs> the company's total operating loss, $402 million. So all those NIL deals that you were giving out mm, based on that company's valuation yes. money, people are now wondering if that, if that is actually sustainable and if actually it wasn't just fraud the whole time, considering the losses of the company. Uh, so now uh, he's not only the target of invest. Basically, he's the target facing criminal and civil investigations because of the uh, the fraud or alleged fraud amid uh, the downfall of his company. The news that raises the target of investigations by the SEC and the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of Florida was first reported by the Miami Herald. Uh, Ruiz had been the most notable booster during the NIL era. So, obviously, you got to have a sugar daddy. He was the most popular sugar daddy in all of the NIL but, world. But that's but because... he was a fake sugar daddy. He was yeah. a sugar daddy that really didn't have that kind of money. It wasn't he was, he was a sugar daddy. He had to show that he had massive wealth so that people would give him more money. Yeah. You know, how, how Ponzi schemes are. I know, but the crazy thing about it, this is why I don't like the NCAA. He invited them. Go go read it. He, I, he They inquired... Uh, about his operation, because they looked at it and said, "This doesn't make sense, man. This your operation looks shady." Because yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't really forthcoming with the books and hasn't been, and we understand why. They went, they went and investigated. They went and looked into his operation, found nothing. And I've, and then they came back and was like, "We, we ain't got nothing. He, he's he's clean." 
And now the Miami Herald <laughs> reports, oh, yeah, we did actual invest, investigative research, and we found, yeah, it's all a fugazi. It's all a fugazi. It's all fake. It's all fraud. He's a fraud. So what are the odds that some <laughs> the NCAA invested in him? Like the guys left and they're like, oh, you know what? I think we should invest some money in him. <laughs> I like this guy. Someone texted us, Ruiz gave the NCAA the second set of books and the miraculously they didn't find any issues. Surprise, NCAA couldn't find their arse with two hands and a flashlight. They really couldn't. I mean, it's the same group that the largest academic fraud scandal in the history of the NCAA by North Carolina. It, it happened over a decade plus, and they admitted that they made up classes, made up grades, that it was an f- academic fraud scandal happened over a decade. NCAA went in there, looked at all the evidence, I swear to you, I'm not making this up, and said, yeah, it is academic fraud, but that is not necessarily an NCAA violation. You cannot make this stuff up. That was great. I was like, okay. At least we know who you are. And when somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. The NCAA is a borderline criminal syndicate, people. They could care less. They really, that's all about the money that they're missing out on. Wow. Anyway. Yeah, so there you yeah. go. John Reese. That's so, why if you're a booster, you, if you're a, sweet, a sugar daddy, you don't want people to know who you are. You want to stay behind the scenes yeah. of sugar daddy. You don't want to be promoting that you're a sugar daddy like John Reese. Most of them. I know Texas got a lot of sugar daddies and sugar mamas. Honestly, unless I know them personally, we don't know who they are. They're not being printed in Austin American Statesman talking about what they're doing for Texas, even though Texas is the number one NIL compensation product in the country right now. Because our sugar daddies and sugar mamas know how to conduct themselves behind the scenes. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, it'll be interesting to see. This is also a, a glaring red flag for all coaches and recruiting and everything uh, that you cannot rely on just one sugar daddy and all like you better have a backup plan mm-hmm. because we will see in the coming months what this ends up doing to Miami's programs. If players are like, well, I was guaranteed and now I'm making no money because all those NIL deals basically fell through because he doesn't have any money to pay us anymore. So I was told I'd be getting all this money and now I'm not. So I'm going to go somewhere where I can get paid. We will see if that happens. It may not. They may want to stay there. Yeah. But as a coach, you have to have in there. Hey, man, look, we're going to try and get you hooked up with money. But if you're just coming here for money, just for the money, this is probably not the best thing because it could evaporate. I agree with that. And Texas is in a different position because it isn't one guy. But any of those one-guy systems, yeah, it's that one guy. Phil Knight's a sugar daddy for Oregon. I mean, he's he's their sugar daddy. T. Boone Pickens would have been. Yes, uh, R.I.P. But he was kind of their sugar. I think there's some university they do have like one main sugar. Mm -hmm. If you're a billionaire now. Is John Ruiz a billionaire? I don't know. Maybe you know. Is that just on paper, or whatever? But if you're a billionaire, you actually could afford to take some losses in NIL if that's your pet project to build up your university's athletic program. And that's what I thought he was doing. I didn't know that he wasn't actually, you know, a, a billionaire. And that's the thing too. Like, I know that they wanted to be known as NILU. I remember that being a talking point for in, for boosters from Miami. We don't want to be NILU. I've also talked to boosters and donors from Texas that said they wanted to be the sports capital of name, image, and likeness in all of college sports. I think Texas boosters and donors have accomplished that. Shout out to the BMDs. But I think they've done it in a more responsible way. And we know that because even CDC has decided they're going to – follow NCAA guidelines over state laws Yeah, because they don't want trouble. Say, we're already balling. We're already the best NIO product in America. We're good. We don't need to – I know A&M wants to you know, follow the state's laws to get that advantage. We don't need that advantage. We don't need it. 
that advantage will bring us a headache from the NCAA, we don't need it. We're good. We don't respect the NCAA, but we do respect the institution. Okay? So, no, we're good. And I think for Texas, that's, the, the, that's kind of their train of thought with the whole thing, is that they don't necessarily need some of the unfair advantages because they have enough just booster money. They got enough. It's enough money in the Texas Longhorn Fandom Foundation booster donor community. You will never depend on just one guy or, or, or gal yeah. for that. So, anyway, so John Ruiz, so that's good news for Texas, I guess, because, you know, you ain't got to worry. It's one less dominant NIL presence you got to deal with in the uh, the new arms race that is the NIL. All right, we come back. We'll get into, ooh, off the record. Oh, this is great. This is fantastic. So, the Kelsey Brothers do a podcast. It is a fantastic podcast. Simulcast. It's it's amazing. I mean, it really is. I'm not going to lie to you. It's great. Uh, they both were telling stories about Vince Young. On this podcast. Gotta play it for you. Also, they tell a joke that damn is one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard. I'm gonna steal the joke. I would, I would, I honestly, I think you, I would advise you to steal the joke too. I'm gonna play it for you. It's an easy joke to steal. All right, you can steal the joke and you'll be the life of the party. Gonna give you all that on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn. DD. Mega doo-doo, I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get it. Bring the head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record. Uh, Jason, Kelsey, and Travis Kelsey, both NFL players, want to tight end uh, Travis, tight end for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and Jason is a center for the Philadelphia Eagles. They do a podcast together. Not a podcast, not a multicast. Uh, you can watch it as well. It's called The New Heights. And honestly, these guys are hilarious. They had great natural comedy, and of course, they're brothers. They got great chemistry. I would watch a Manning-style you know, simulcast broadcast with them on it too because they are really, really good together. Anyway, I digress. So on the podcast, they were telling a story about Vince Young because Jason Kelsey played with Vince Young at one time. So he was telling two stories about Vince Young and honestly, somebody who knows Vince really well, even knew him in H-Town before he became a Longhorn. Both of these stories track very well. Here is uh, Jason Kelsey. The other quarterback I remember was my man Vince Young. My man Vince Young was a riot. Freaking a riot. Vince, one time we went out after Thirsty Thursday and Mike was hurt, so Vince was playing. And we're in there on a Friday morning practice. It's supposed to be a perfect practice Friday. Like, oh, yeah. Dialed in, and he's just floating the ball. No zip on it. One of the times he threw an interception. I just remember on the sideline, somebody asked, I mean, Vince, what are you doing throwing that ball? And he's like, oh, man, that's just one of them horny throws. You don't even know why you did it. <laughs> <laughs> Vince, man, he was one of my favorite guys that I ever met your rookie year. I saw him in Texas a few years ago, and I was only with him for a year. But obviously those guys were so influential for me that I remember all of them. I'm at the club after the Super Bowl. Houston Super Bowl. Yes. And I see him and I'm like, man, I haven't seen Vince in forever. I gotta go up to him. Keep in mind, this is like the after-after club. Like, this is like 3 in the morning. Drinks have been had, yeah. I'm like, there's no chance he remembers me, but I'm, I gotta go up to him. I muster up the courage and I'm like, Vince, what's up, man? I know you don't remember me, but you know, I play with you in Philadelphia. I just want to say, man, I love playing with you. And he says, oh, sell it. 
You know I always remember my <laughs> He said, Selleck, you know I remember my center. <laughs> like at some point he had morphed me and Brett Selleck into the same person. Cincinnati, man. Once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat. In my head, I was like, hey, man, that's close enough. Well, I'm not even going to fix it. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm Brent Selleck for tonight. Let's party. <laughs> oh, man. That is so true. I, I, VY, well, the, uh, a couple of things about VY. First of all, he is hilarious. Like, He's one of the funniest human beings that I've ever known. He's got a great sense of humor. And I would say there are times where, because he's just so distracted because everywhere he goes, people are pulling on him and like trying to get his attention, that, and he's enthusiastic that he won't forget people's like names and stuff, but he addresses you so enthusiastically that you don't get offended. You're like, well, he got my name wrong, but hell, he hugged me. He's happy to see me. <laughs> he's happy to see me. He don't know who I am, but he's happy to see me. <laughs> he, that is, that, even at the draft, remember the draft where he is given the, uh, the task of announcing the draft people for the Titans? I didn't even think he like mistakenly, mistakenly messed that one up too. With the 41st pick in the 2018 NFL draft, the Tennessee Titans select Honor, Honor Landry. From Boston College. <laughs> it was Harold Landry. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. All right. So, a great story there about my man, V.Y. Uh, and, and by the way, in H-Town, it also tracks. Yeah. In Houston, his, his level of celebrity. I hung out with him in H-Town. It go, it, it's higher than it is here in Texas. I know that sounds crazy to y'all. It's like, what? No, no. Here in Austin, he has a very high level of celebrity because he won a national title for Texas. He goes to H-Town. It's just as high, if not higher. And I, that sounds that's crazy to people. It ain't H Town. People love Vinchon. Um, and like I said, even when I grew up, Vinchon was supposed to be a basketball star. So they were talking about him back then. Became a football star, and is still one of the most beloved athletes to ever come out of H Town. It's a lot of pride in Vy. He's still one of those guys that has to take pictures and stuff like that when he goes out in H Town. That's what he should. He deserves that kind of love. Uh, okay, let's get to this last little punch. This little joke here. This is great. <laughs> and I think you should steal this joke, so pay attention so you can steal this joke because this will get you laughs and a, almost a guaranteed uh, uh, ovation if you can tell this joke correctly. Here is what I think is the best joke I've heard in a really long time from the Kelsey Brothers. You guys do anything rookie-wise? We've never been big hazing. The biggest thing that we do, that we started to do, that we're doing with Doug, was like a rookie singing portion. It's turned into just singing, though. So it used to be a talent show. You could do whatever you want. And that's what it was when Doug was first there. We had a fullback who did the best joke I had ever heard when Doug Peterson was the coach. He gets up there in the middle of a team meeting, and he's like, all right, there's these three guys, and they're sitting around a table. First guy comes up thinking to himself, he's like, you know what? I'm pretty fast. I think I'm so fast. I think I'm the fastest man in the world. So he goes out. They time him in the four. 40-yard dash, and he sends his time in to the Guinness Book of World Records. Second guy says, you know what? I'm tall. I'm so tall. I think I'm the tallest man in the world. So they get the measuring tape up, they measure him, they take a picture, and they send it off to the Guinness Book of World Records. The third guy says, you know what? I got a small d It's so small, I think it might be the smallest d in the world. They take out a ruler, measure it, take a picture, send it off to the Guinness Book of World Records. They're sitting around a few weeks later, and the results come back. The first guy opens the letter. He's excited. I did it! I'm the fastest man in the world. Second guy rips open the letter. I did it! I'm the tallest man in the world! Third guy, getting excited, opens his letter, and he says, Who the f*** is Doug Peterson? <laughs> <laughs> That is great. 
So good. Simple to the point and brilliant. All right. So got it? Everybody got it out there? Got it. All right. Memorize it because it's so I'm, I'm gonna tell it next week sometime to a random group of strangers to see <laughs> if I got it right. All right, we come back. We'll get into NFL news notes and nuggets here from Jerry Jones. Talk about the Zach Martin holdout, Jonathan Taylor requests a trade, and Aaron Rodgers with the NBA and the WWE of the NFL. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful not the horn.